Oscars, Emmys, it's not about them shows. This awards segment has Golden Joes. Chief and Chris, dressed up, looking the smartest. We're holding nothing back, discussing the best artist. And then we have the best vehicle. You might not agree, but don't be too critical. Beverage in hand, we're at a rave. Joes are a team, but who is our fave? Gonna get emotional, so go grab a tissue. Rounding up the show with the best issue. Yeah, I see all the people uh, in the audience have come to see us. Uh, Mr. Spielberg's there, Mr. Tarantino. Uh, Mr. Scorsese, still doing I need that. to uh, yeah. catch your. I need to catch your latest movie, The Irishman. Oh, same. It's on Netflix. Three hours puts yeah. me off. So uh, three and a half hours. So that's probably three sittings for me. I reckon. Bloody hell! Um, you've got, you got ADHD. I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're getting on with the ceremony. Anal all right, dystrophy. all right. We're getting on with it. We're okay. getting on with it. So, the first award we're going to look at is best cover and whereas we normally cover a two year period uh, I think what we're going to do this is just an overall just for the whole run uh, what was our favourite cover of the whole run rather than just focus on you know the last two, two years so uh, have both you boys had a little look I know Ben we yeah. weren't expecting well, you to I didn't actually, have you had a look I, did, I, I have had a look but I've always had a favourite cover okay. that's just stuck in my head from when I bought the, the issue and it is it's nothing special, but it just resonates with me. It's issue 131, and it is Duke blasting a BAT, and the bolt is, like, coming through his back. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know the one I mean? Yeah. yeah no, it's late on, but for some reason, I remember being a kid and thinking that was just the coolest thing. I mean, there's other great ones, but that has always been my favourite cover. Yeah. What's yours, Chief? I have got... I've got a couple here. I like 121, <laughs> which is an Andy Wildman cover. It's yeah. where the ninja force are assaulting the silent castle. And I just like the composition of Storm oh, Shadow in the centre um, and all the gorgeous. others around it. It's just, you know, a really, really, really striking Ooh, image. Oh, that is a good one. I like the green. That's cool. I like 107. You're going to get a couple from me. I like 107, yeah, which is the stalker and Storm Shadow, where it says Version fugitives. Two. Good man. Oh, that's a good one. Good um, man. I like 39, which is almost... I'm just scrolling now. Uh, oh, is that Stalker again? Uh, the, Stalker again. Oh, in yeah, the, that's in a the, classic. In, in, yeah, in the bushes. In the bushes and... With with sneakily in the background, no one sees him. You've got roadblock yeah, back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. blue. Um, bit of blue. Oh. Bit of blue for lads. Couple of issues yeah. forward. Issue 45, Zartan Jesus, in the background. Zartan in the background aiming at Ripcord. Nice. Mm-hmm. And my winner is, more well, my favourite is actually issue 16. Wait a minute. Scroll <laughs> back, baby. Oh, wow. Okay. What? Uh, yeah. That's your favourite. Yeah. That's not your favourite, Chief. Yeah. You've made a mistake. I love it. <laughs> um, so you got... Okay. you got Destro. Billy, Billy Basic. Yeah. Destro fighting on the top of the his tank, Cobra Commander in the background. I did not call that. That's yeah, neither okay. did I. Weirdo. What about you, Diagnostic. <laughs> I also have, I've got a top three, so um, I've gone for, again, these might be a little bit kind of obscure for you guys, but um, I really love it. In third place, one of my favourites, I, I don't know why I love it so much, is issue 47 with Wetsuit, oh, yeah. Beachhead and Hawk <gasps> yes, on the Devilfish. Yes, one of my faves. I just think it looks so amazing. Like, it's just, it's they very look, exciting. They look great. Wetsuit looks ripped. Like, it's just brilliant. I, I know, that. Ben, you're a massive Chief, Beachhead Chief, that was fan. my cover love in the awards do you remember? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's a good cover. Totes. In second place is well, for many reasons. I love Storm Shadow version two and one hundred and three, mm. where he's smashing through the glass. I think he looks dope. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one. And in first place, I've gone with 
issue 82 where repeater is basically oh, letting off and the viper is coming up behind him with that his knife and yes. one honorable mention i must say um i've completely lost it now but i just saw it while you were talking about one of your favorite issues and now i have completely lost it Oh, yeah, it's Flint being hung upside down over the vat of toxic uh, goo uh, and the Eco Warriors issue, because I think that's really cool. Uh, that is number... 125. 125, yeah. yeah that but is a good my image. winner is 82, so yeah, just... That is you a know, good image. Uh, let's have another award. Let's have um, favourite issue, as we're talking about issues. Let's have favourite issue. I think you know mine. Yours is 85, SFX. Correct, correct. Which is a fantastic silent issue. It's when Zartan... Uh, tries to take his ultimate revenge on Storm Shadow. Also, Storm Shadow's on the cover, and that's pretty cool, but I didn't like it because it was effectively didn't have the hood up. <laughs> right, okay. So that was the only reason, but yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, 85. I think I've got a couple here. I'm going with uh, issue 100, which is obviously part of a multi-part storyline, but it's the one where Cobra Commander back. finally... Yeah, I'm back, and Millville, <laughs> and all those shenanigans. I think it's Ben's got a, back! It's got, it's, it's, got, it's, got a, it's got a great comedy vibe to that one. Uh, I've also say in 85 is, is, is a great issue. I'd be remiss if I didn't say issue 21, which is obviously the first Why? silent issue. <laughs> Why? No one ever issue. talks about issue 21, ever. It never and, gets mentioned, and, ever. But my top two are issue 26, which is the first part of the two-part... Origin of Snake Eyes. The strangest secret you of all. You love that. Yeah. You love that, yeah, Chief. Loved all that. And that was Larry Harmer on pencils as well for that one. So, uh, but my favourite is issue 34, Shakedown. That's mine, dude. Is, is that your favourite? Yeah. Well, out of the ones that you read. From the, yeah. yeah. Oh, was that the air battle? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Wild That's Weasel epic. versus uh, Ace. That has got one of the all time best panels with them both uh, saluting each yeah, other as, as they, they yes. go by the smoke. It's Amazing. The perfect end. Amazing. Epic. Epic. Um, Epic. Should we? Should I've we just do seen another cover that I really like? Issue fifty-two with Quick Kick in. Oh yes. Version one Storm Shadow. Yeah, yes, that's a beauty. He looks so Bruce that's, Lee on that, doesn't he? Spinning those nunchucks. He looks so Bruce Lee on that. I love There's it. some great covers. So next up, let's have a look at best artist. Okay. Tricky one because I've got a couple. I've, I've got, got. I've got yep. two. One is because I'm, I'm a good friend with Ron Wagner. And uh, I feel obligated, but also he's brilliant yep. and does some amazing art. Um, but I kind of have to give the nod, I think, to Wildman on it. I just love his art. He wasn't always necessarily inked or or um, coloured as well as he should have been, but I think some of his artwork is just breathtaking. Who was doing the majority of the art in the sort of second half of the run that I missed? Wildman did a Loads. stint. He did um, pretty so a solid Ron, stint. When you jumped off around the mid-70s. I think you then got Ron Wagner came on, then M.D. Bright. And oh, yeah, Bright was good John as well, yeah. John and then Andy Wildman. Um, and Gossier. And then Phil Gossier were the main pencillers. There was obviously some fill-ins along the way, but um, they were the main ones. I think for me, it's tricky. M.D. Bright is a great, great fit for G.I. Joe, I think. I think he did some great issues. I would like to have seen more of his. So he did around... The, well, he did the Snake Eyes trilogy in the 90s, where he gets a new face, and then the Return of Cobra right. Commander. But he also did, so that's like 90s and 100s, but he also did, back in, I think, issue 37, he did a Hydrofoil issue, okay. uh, which, you would cool. have, which you would have covered as part of the run. But um, I think I'm going to go with Rod Wiggum, who covered most of the issues, I think, from around the 30s through to 
uh, sort of 50s something, I think. I could be getting that completely wrong, but I think for me, uh, Rod Wiggum. And he actually came back for a three-parter, 116 to 118, the, the search for Destro yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. I think I'm going to have to say the same because that's he's the dude that did the majority of the ones that I've read, yeah. so I don't want to say anyone that I didn't haven't yeah, read. Fair, fair. But what about, um, aren't you a massive fan of um, Herb, Trimpey? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say Matt. I'm a big fan, big fan of Trimpey. I think he's really great. But And he did, obviously, the vast, vast majority of the special missions. Yes. Which we also ah, covered. right, yeah. So, yeah, Trimpey's fantastic. Cool, man. But I'd say Wiggum, probably top. I, I do like Frank Springer as well. A little shout out to Frank Springer. But let's move on to best vehicle. Vehicle. That's it. That's it. I know your one. God, uh, there's just so many. I mean... I'll go first. Uh, I'll go first this time. So, I have three on my list. Same. I am a big fan of the His Tank. Yeah. Right, it's a classic. The doorstop, as I like to call it. The doorstop, yeah. Uh, I'm a big <laughs> yeah. fan, visually, <laughs> of the, uh, I think it's called the Cobra Wolf. That comes oh, with the ice yeah, the snow, the, snow, yeah, the snow vehicle's amazing, yeah. yeah totally. And my number one is the Rattler. Oh, nice. Yeah, Good. Classic. I've got three completely different ones. Yep, go on then. In actual fact. I'm going to start with the Desert Fox, because I think it's brilliant. And that is mm. the kind of six-wheel-drived desert kind of Jeep thing that uh, is driven by Skidmark in the United States and Treadmark in the United Kingdom. Yep. Um, I've always loved that. And I, yeah, just I, just brilliant kind of vehicle. And I thought they used it quite a little, quite a lot actually uh, to, in some of the later issues that we were reading, um, Chief. So I was quite happy that it was in, incorporated so often. Um, but the the kind of top two for me are both air vehicles. For the Cobra team, it has to be the Mamba, the twin prop Mamba, because it's just so cool, weird, actually, yeah, aggressive, yeah. and it's and it's used again so much in the comics, and I love that. And but the number one for me is a Joe vehicle, and it is the Tomahawk because it is just oh, so yes. gorgeous. And it, in fact, it Got dons Christmas. it dons my favorite ever cover of all time in any comic, and that is um, on oh, the, the cover. Special missions one with Muskrat. Special missions. No, no, it co- on not on the GI Joe comic, on an Action Force comic, and hey. it is the Action Force monthly issue six, I believe, where they're all jumping out of. The tomahawk, as it's just like as it's kind of like hovering just over the ground at an angle, it is absolutely beautiful. That cover, in any case, we'll get to that when we talk about it it. later. Yes, awesome. Okay, I've got so many, I haven't actually thought about my best one. Um, (laughs) okay, so I've got Osborne, I've got uh, the Havoc. Oh, gorgeous, cross country, gorgeous vehicle as driver. Then I've got this is a random one, but I actually had the toy and I loved it. It's quite it's a bit new for me, but the Phantom X nineteen, the stealth. Oh yeah, Ghost Rider. Stealth Fighter with Ghost Rider. Then Or what's his name as he's known as in the comics. What's he known what's he known? What's his name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They never say his name. Then I've got another random one, the Warthog. Sergeant Slaughter's second vehicle. Good shout. Because, um, I, yeah, I had it and I just absolutely love it because you get about 12 figures on it. Brilliant. And also those two massive yellow <laughs> missiles. They're not missiles. They, they, they're, they're like torpedoes. They're like they go in the warheads. water. Yeah, they're massive. Or in your bath. But um, yeah, so those are my favourite three. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So the last two we're going to look at is favourite Joe and favourite Cobra. So oh, who, who, who fancies? I'm ill prepared for this. My favorite. Well, I'll go for mine. My my favorite Joes. 
specifically version 2 Storm Shadow because I love that deco so much. And this is a weird one and a bit out there because he didn't really get the best run in the comics at all. He was only really in it a couple of times. And that is Lightfoot. Oh, yeah. uh, because oh, I feel like... Sniper? He j- n- no. <laughs> um, oh, that's Low, low Light. light no, you're who's, who's Lightfoot? Lightfoot is an explosives expert who has a little robot drone. Yeah, yeah I've got him. the figure. And, Chris, got and Chris did a cosplay with an amazing... Of the Night Force version. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I yeah, I'm a big fan Actually, of that as just in general. But like in terms of my favourite Joe, it has to be Storm Shadow version two with the uh, the deck because obviously that's when he was a Joe. He was a Cobra before that, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And for the uh, for Cobra, it's Road Pig, 100. percent Dude's amazing. Oh, Road Pig's great. Chief actually looks like Road Pig, <laughs> <laughs> or did. Strong. Well, I mean, you put, he will you do. Down a lot. He will do with the grey hair. When that... You you guys posted something on Insta of some dude in the most insane oh, yeah. road pig yeah. getup. Tank, his name is. He's a member of the finest. Really cool guy. Have you guy. ever seen anything like that? That is it, insane. It's mental. It's mental. Chief, you should give that a go, man. <laughs> I need the flat. You're top way on. too. You're not fighting weight, though, are you? No. no. I'm going with my favourite Joe. I've got three on the list. Um, Spirit, big fan of Spirit, Iron Knife. You love Spirit, always have yeah. done. And my top stuff. two, he didn't get much page time, I guess, but he had that really cool arc, 31 to 33, where him and uh, Airborne are scoping out snake eyes in his cabin. Yeah. And then Destro comes up to clean his clock, and they have to basically come in and intervene. He's like 10 miles away, and he's like, he just spotted us in the trees, snake eyes. Uh, so I like Spirit. Um, he's kind of like the guardian of the pit as well. You want to get into the pit, you've got to get past him. And then top two, I find it difficult to split Stalker and Roadblock. Uh, both get a lot of page time, a lot of issues. Dude, you're full on Stalker. Yeah. They're... He's got a massive Stalk on for Stalker. Yeah. You have, you do. Well, I can't, I can't split them. I just, I just, I just, great individual characters, great characterization, great usage in the story. So yeah, yeah, they get a lot of time as well, don't they? They're really, yeah, really solid characters. And then you, ha- you had the original Stalker. I only had the Arctic one. When Tundra Ranger is amazing, though. That is a great figure. Yeah, it's great. It's very. He's good. got a the kayak. Crazy rare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the for Cobra, I from a trooper point of view, I'm a massive Snow Serpent fan. Now, yeah. Snow oh, Serpent yeah. doesn't really get much airtime in G.I. Joe. It's a lot of airtime in the Action Force comic. <laughs> yeah, he um, does. You're talking about the OG dude, yeah, with the big snowshoes yeah. and the. Yeah. And that kind awesome. of little missile on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> on a little stand. Yeah. It's really cute. But for me, my favourite, it's. Uh, second is Mindbender. I just love his cod piece really? and his cape. You like- yeah, you like his cod piece, and it's just his. Sniff, I like, his I like calling him Doctor Mind Bumder. You know, wormishness, and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not original at all. But my favourite Cobra is Cobra Commander. It's not original, mm. but I like the big CC. Hang on, aren't you like a massive Zartan guy? Yeah, I do like Zartan. Yeah, yeah, but fairs. Okay, I've just had to think about this just now. I wasn't ready for this, but I'm gonna say Cobra. For some reason, the Cobra Eel Ooh. is oh, so choice. iconic. Choice. Yes. Eels up inside ya, find it an entrance where they can. Eels up inside ya, find it an entrance where they can. Bore it through your mind, through your tummy, through your anus. Mainly from that Action Force cover. Totally, yeah, yeah. There's something about the design 
on that thing. Mate, that it's cover just incredible. is incredible. And also unreal. one of the first ever figures I had. Oh, talk about iconic. That issue yeah. two cover is probably the most iconic Action Force thing of all time. It's just that gleaming red chest plate yeah. on him. It's so cool. I don't know when they first pop up in um, the run, but anyway, what, yeah, G.I. Joe. Yeah, they pop up, but they're not really announced. It's when it's when Sir, what's his name is in the sand. Yeah, yeah. And he pops up and they come in off the beach. Oh, Flint. Is he it? takes a yeah. beating. That's like issue fifty. Yeah, or something. possibly. I don't know. Anyway, so for G.I. Joe, I want to give an honourable mention to Snake Eyes version. Is it three? Oh, I really like paint, the sort of like paintball version or the blue sexy. and black with the orange goggles. Yeah, that's the version three, I version toy. four. Yeah. Is it three? It must be. It's both. It's version three in the UK and version four I in the US. I imagine people hate that one, but no, I really like it. He mate. came with a really bad like machine gun with a huge silencer on it. Yeah, yeah. He also he also came with a uh, it was like a missile launcher, but it's a grappling hook, so it's got a bit of rope t- tied to it to the machine to ah. the thing. It's really really cool. Yeah, but uh, number one always will be Beachhead. Yeah, that that comes Beachhead. from a lot of watching the cartoon. Yeah, because he yeah. Featured heavily in the cartoon. He was even kind of like third in command. Now, or quick question here: we we, we postulated this as kids uh, mm. in the movie. Does he, he does. say he does pathetic? Yeah, no, he goes pathetic, 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 pathetic. Chief, I remember we watched that so many Repeat. times when he's got like when he's got Jinx and all those goons they lined didn't, up. They didn't have to do a Transformers thing for the theater where they had to have what's his name swear to yeah. just to kind of get it. And it wasn't one. Of the, it wasn't the same situation. So I don't. Th- and I've seen the the movie the script. I've seen the movie script and it doesn't say. Sh- so ah, okay. Okay. it's very doubtful that it says. Sh- I, I I always just thought it was him going pathetic. Right. We always thought. Sh- still say. Sh-. Anyway, God, no, no one said Firefly. Oh mate, wow. Firefly's mate, mate. Well, there's so geez. many. So we could be here for days yeah. just going through the characters because yeah. they're brilliant. Right. They're so well done. Fire Firefly version one, the the toy is something something else. Yeah. Something um, else. Right, that is the awards over. We will be doing more awards, I'm sure, Eels. when we cover more comics down the road. But Eels right now, I want to hear about toys. So it's Toy Talk. Chris talks about toys, ho ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Hi. Yeah, so I'm going to go... I'm, I'm, I'm going... I'm fast-forwarding to the year 2006 now. So where I've been kind of trying to keep it within the year and, and the kind of what was happening in the comic, I've I've flashed forward and there's a reason for it. So in the kind of like early to mid 2000s, um, G.I. Joe was making a little kind of return. Well, I would say toy shelves, but kind of in like adult collectors uh, uh, rooms, should we say. And Hasbro were <laughs> basically... I know, it's horrible. And Hasbro were re-releasing... Um, these comic packs and they were doing really well with these comic packs it was like reissued kind of o-ring figures with different head sculpts on like you know um like a three pack with like a, co- a comic in the background as well that kind of the whatever the comic was related to what figures were were kind of in that that particular set and in 2006 we got a, a comic three pack reprint- reprinting marvel's issue 26 it included classified Lonzo R. Wilkinson and Tommy Arashikagi 
And now basically that three pack included this one figure called Classified, which was Snake Eyes, but in his kind of greens with the hat dipping over um, and, and a bit of a shadow on the face. So it's really cool, this figure. What they did was they they basically did they basically gave him the hat, but they dipped it low. So it's, you can't remove it. It's kind of molded on there. And they painted around the eyes this kind of darker shadow. So it's not even like a real shadow. It's like a fake shadow. So you can't really see <laughs> the face that clearly. But I remember when this was released and just going, I need this really bad. And it had Tommy Arashikagi, which is a really wicked figure. Again, in his like Vietnam gear with the headband and, and everything like uh, unmasked. Uh, Stalker, which is basically green repaint with the short sleeves. And um, and this Lonzo, uh, sorry, and this classified figure. So it's just really cool. Obviously, came with the comic as well, and I just loved it because it's the first time we saw Snake Eyes not in his, you know, his black getup or his, you know, yeah, masked up and all that kind of jazz. And what year was this again? Sorry, two thousand six. So mm. I remember when this came out, and I was like on online trying desperately to get hold of it. Um, this is like I want to say it's like version. What the version at the time was let me just let me just quickly run through all of the snake eyes. It would have been it's version one classified, but it would have been around version twenty seven, twenty eight of Snake Eyes. There are now over what? seventy versions of Snake Eyes 70. as a toy. Over seventy. And if you count things like seventy individual toy releases, individual four inch, either three and three quarter vintage or four inch modern action figures. Right. Uh, and if you if you can if you count like Sigma Six and if you count uh, twelve inch and Hall of Fame and all that kind of stuff, then you're well into the hundreds comfortably. Um, it's one of those characters that is always released in a toy line for GI Joe in multiple different ways. So yeah, um, so just big shout out to to that. Now he did come with a file card as well. They all came with file cards. I'll just read out classifieds. Um, it's it's. File name classified, serial number classified, grade E7, birthplace classified, primary military specialty infantry and secondary specialty hand-to-hand combat instructor. Snake Eyes owes his life to Storm Shadow, which makes it even more of a tragedy that they are now bitter enemies. Back when he was a regular soldier in the military, Snake Eyes served with Storm Shadow and Sergeant Stalker long before the G.I. Joe team and the Cobra organisation came into their lives. While conducting long-range recon, Snake Eyes carried two things with him at all times, his M60 machine gun and a battered picture of his twin sister. He never spoke much, remaining silent even when Storm Shadow offered him a place in the family business. On one patrol, Snake Eyes was seriously wounded in an attack, and Storm Shadow risked his own life to run back through heavy weapons fire to save him. Now, every time Snake Eyes faces his enemy in combat, he cannot forget that this is the same person who was once his friend. And one other thing I want to mention about the figure is that the actual on his hat, he has a picture of his sister tucked into his um, into the little band around the around the, the hat. So they've even gone to that like length in um in kind of adding that element of it and it's really it's quite clear when you actually look at the picture i'll uh, obviously i'll send you a picture to tweet out chief uh, but that is classified version one covert mission specialist from the comic three pack that reprinted marvel's issue 26 that's amazing chief when you're um the toy fair you sent me a picture of some insane snake eyes toy of him abseiling down a wall or something. Oh, no, oh was that the statue that on the was wall? It? Yeah, yeah. Is that the statue? The statues, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a statue. Yeah, I have that. That's it's awesome. wicked. It's on the Cobra's kind of uh, statue, isn't it? It's really, really wicked. Yeah, 
When I was about eight, I um, signed up to be a member of the Action Force Members Club. Good man. I think it was on the it was on the back of the packs. And one of the things was you you got to design a toy, not a toy, but you got to design a character and you got to write his uh, file card and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did the whole thing, and he was called. He was called Vice. Nice. I think I I was watching Miami Vice with my (laughs) mum late at night. And I wrote out his file card and I drew an awful picture of what he looked like. And I sent it all off. And then they wrote back and just said, um, we haven't had enough interest in the Action Force fan club and we're not going to do it. I was like, no, Mate. Vice will never see Mate. the light of day. Th- that happened quite a lot, actually. Like, obviously, there was the there was a number of different fan clubs. There was the Special Corps, which is where you could kind of like it was basically the the US Steel Brigade, but for the UK, and you could basically write in like a questionnaire, you fill out a questionnaire, and it gave you this action figure, generic action figure with the helmet and everything, and it would give you it would come back with a file card on on like a bit of like hardcore paper that had like. Um, your your name and your specialties mm. and all that kind of stuff and then like little explanations about each kind of trait personality trait that you had which is really cool and uh, but other than that there was one called g-force as well which was a uh, another kind of later in in the kind of time period fan club that again i went mm. in for and they didn't like they had to basically cancel it unfortunately due to uh, those kind Do you of issues. Cutting out the tokens. I'm just having a massive flashback. Yeah. Loads every of them. Still have them. Got gave you one token. Yeah. And every vehicle gave you like two or three action points. Yeah. Unless it action was GI Joe, and then it was uh, flag points. But yeah. I actually remember being taking quite a hit when I got that letter because it made me feel. I was like, oh, I just felt like alone. Like oh, devastating. Not, uh, no yeah. one else sort of is into this. I was like, wow, there's not even enough people. To have a fan club. <laughs> I, was, I was like, man, it's just me and Chief. And he's a lot older than me. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, Good stuff. Chief, me, me and Phoenix have been doing so many setups. He's so into the figures. That's Seriously. Brilliant. Got, That's brilliant. I, I really need, what do you call them? The the rubber bands, the, the O-rings. Uh, O-rings, yeah. Yeah, I've got so many of my figures to, to rebuild. I did a hundred. I've, I've got a hell of a collection. Yeah, I did a hundred and thirty like installations of O rings just recently on on my installations. Yeah, love it, it took me like days to get all those done. Oh, I bet it's quite satisfying. Though. It's well good, yeah. Especially when they're all like all of a sudden they're like back to you know fighting yeah. fit, and you're like, oh my god, this. One of my buddies when I was a kid, he put Roblox version two in his pocket. It was my Wait, figure. Wait, what is version two Roblox? Because he's your, he's one of your faves. It's yeah? the one where he's got the kind of like uh, white t-shirt underneath a kind of like body warm, like a green body warmer with like a red shoulder kind of piece. Uh, is, is white that, pants. Is that the same line where they sort of re-released like Spirit, Stalker, all the old guys? N- if this was like it was actually this early is... doors. Like the first Roblox was oh. was like the, the the one with the. Um... Oh no! Sorry, I'm thinking that's version one. Yeah, that's to me that is the iconic Roblox. Yeah, the yeah. iconic one. Yeah, yeah. He put that in his pocket and then he pulled it out and it was just in pieces. And I was gutted because it was before. Like I didn't know that you could fix it. Like you know, like I do now. Yeah, you thought that was so. It. I just thought it was trashed. I've still got him um and i ended up fixing him like later on in in years but obviously at that point i just thought it was and i was gutted so yeah what do you do with the sort of loosey-goosey ones how do you fix those guys you know where all their knee joints are oh you remember dusty the only thing you can do a right he had a right knee that just would not stand still (laughs) 
he kept not poseable. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter's <laughs> like that, or Sergeant Slammer from the Triple T versions like that. You kind of got wobbly leg, lower legs. Loosey but the, the, the only thing you can do is is unscrew it and then replace the entire leg portion or the lower. Actu- do they do that on the NHS or? <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Right, Chief, have you got anything in your? To- you got nothing? No, no. Toy-wise? No, I got quite a bit. I got quite a bit. Have yeah, you? Yeah, I got the. Uh, I got the original Jammer, which is uh, wow. Stalker in his, you know, guys with Z the red Force. beret when he was named yeah. Jammer. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, I like this toy segment. Yeah. Should have done that when I was yeah. doing this. Well, Chief. there'll, there'll be mind. you can you can tune in because there will be more toy talk when we move on to whatever we read next, because there's always toys to talk about. Um, but right now, we need to talk about British colloquialisms, a.k.a. over-egging the pudding. we got a pudding, we're going to egg it. we got a pudding, we're going to over-egg it. we got a pudding, we got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialisms. Can't wait to listen to that. Jingle. Right, so um, uh, who's going first? You go first, as in diagnostic. Okay, so... Mine is interesting. Um, I was listening to a. I, I listened to a podcast called My Favorite Murder. It's going to make me sound like a psychopath, but basically, it's these these two women, Karen and Georgia, who do who basically talk about horrible, horrible murders, but they're comedians, so it's funny. Um, okay. They're kind of like trying to take the edge off this like horrible. Sh- uh, it's actually really interesting. It's hugely popular. Like it's it's crazy. Like true right. crime stuff, basically. And so I listened to that, and it's it's just really good. Anyway, they they were doing. I'm at to the point now. I'm I'm behind, so I'm kind of trying to catch up with where they are now. But they did a European tour, and they were talking about dinner, breakfast, tea, lunch, all of the different terms that we have for the different you know food things during the day, and how we're different in Europe and all this kind of. <laughs> And they were getting like so much wrong, but you—it's you, one of those things where you're kind of like shouting, shouting at a podcast, like trying to tell them the answer, <laughs> uh, which probably happens a lot on here actually when we're talking about stuff. But um, yeah, so basically the thing was they were confused with the with the term tea, and I was trying to say it's just another word for dinner in certain dialects out loud, but they wouldn't listen. So effectively, let me just run through these things: breakfast. Lunch, dinner, tea—they're terms that we like give certain food intakes during the day. Breakfast is obviously in the morning. We have lunch now. In some cases, in some areas of the United Kingdom, lunch isn't referred to as lunch; it's referred to as dinner. Believe it or not, and tea is what those certain people in certain areas of the country refer to as dinner, which would be our later meal. So it's really confusing, but obviously I always thought that was really interesting. And for the Americans listening, um, I would say breakfast, lunch and dinner. But I've got friends in, especially in Norfolk, which is where this is done a lot as well, they would say breakfast, dinner and tea. Yeah, so I, I, I was always of the impression that it was a northern thing to say Same. say breakfast, dinner, tea. However, I said breakfast, dinner, tea, and I am from the south. Yeah. But most people in the south, I think you're right, would say breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. I mean, I say breakfast, lunch, dinner, but I'm I'm effectively from the east, you know. East and Anglia, at school, so. they were dinner ladies. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and they were a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's mine. Okay, um, my one is I was watching some darts on TV um, <laughs> last week, 
It was that's just it funny. Was players' championship, and yeah, someone had one hundred and eight. I don't know what he had. He had like eighty-five to check out, and uh, he he hit two duff numbers. And the commentator said he's made a right pig's ear out of that. <laughs> and so my ear. British colloquialism is pig's ear. Brilliant. To mean that you have messed something up. I don't know what the origins of pig's ear are, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, I don't have, I don't know anything about this segment, so right. I'm, I'm useless <laughs> yeah, to <yeah>. you. <laughs> Chief, you strike me as a guy that has his tea slash dinner at five o'clock just after news round. Correct. Uh, I I like to do all my eating in an eight-hour block, so I will have breakfast at eight, lunch at twelve, ah. and tea at four. You sort of do intermittent fasting. Yeah, eat in eight hours. Wait, 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 Chief. You're not eating your dinner. Four. I try to, yeah. Sometimes I push it to four thirty, but I'm definitely not eating after six o'clock. No way, yeah, that's crazy just, talk. Okay, I know, but you probably keep this on the down low. But then cut to you at eleven thirty at night in the kitchen, just <laughs> just like away. eating I'm, everything. I'm in bed at ten p.m. Oh Christ! I'm d- mine. Mine is all down to when my mom would make dinner, and it was always around five to five thirty. It was always in exactly, that time yeah. period. And you're right. Like I remember eating my dinner, and it always be news round on on TV, or it would be um, neighbours. I'd, I'd hate it when when this. Okay, this is something that only we would understand, and it's that thing of when. Til- children's TV, where you'd be waiting for like an like you know a, a cartoon, like a classic awesome cartoon, like Thundercats or Turtles or something like that, and instead you'd get Blue f- Peter. Oh, it's awful! I would that'd be the worst f- day for me ever when it'd be like I want to see, and it was on a lot. Yeah, <laughs> hate that. Sh- Games Master at 6.30 was great. Oh, I love, Games I love that show. Jeez. Oh, Patrick Moore, man. It's funny now because I, I do, I want to try and encourage to sort of eat with my children, but I can't eat at half five. Why not? I mean, when I was living in London, we were sort of basically eating at like 11 o'clock and that sort of felt normal. And I can't oh, eat late. I just can't eat. It's not eat. good for you, is it, eating I, late? I, I it sits on you. I can't eat late. I just can't do it. Like, I, I have to... When it gets to like seven o'clock, if I haven't eaten by then, it just doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. Just, just doesn't go happen. through. Can't do it. Wow. We have got one more segment before we wrap this up, and it is... Shitty death. Chief Bass, Chris and Ben, a question. Chief Bass, Chris and Ben, a question. What do they say? What do they say? What do they do? What do, they do? Chief Bass, Chris and Ben, a question. So, um, we all know what, that... What do you do when you say when you sing that? What What are you doing with your like hands? I am cupping yeah, my hands. Darth Vader. Cupping my, cupping my hands around my mouth and swaying from side to side as I sing it. I'm glad. I'm glad you said round your mouth. But yeah. carry on. Um, we all know that uh, episode nine is coming out in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, are you boys engaging in any kind of preparation activity uh, ahead of this? And also, are you pleased with the new Mandalorian show? I know me and uh, Diagnostic, we discussed Mandalorian last week. Uh, ben, your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on the Mandalorian are, I think it's fantastic. Good man. And I think it's like a video game kind of like side quest. Yes. It just feels very gamey. He's upgrading his armour. He has to go on a Jawa side quest to go and get some egg. And massive, I, massive I, I, gaming. I think it's yeah. ballsy. I think it's really great tv I, i'm also so into the short episodes yeah. kind of there's no fat it's just singular are there any i like the way it doesn't cut to anyone else just talking it just stays with him are there any other tv shows planned for star wars yeah obi-wan right yeah obi-wan in the desert like a couple of those issues 
from the Marvel comics. When's that set? Uh, like, I don't know, four years after Revenge of the Sith. Right. Um, so he'll probably fight Vader again, I imagine. Okay. Um, and, uh, and uh, prep for episode 9 either of you two are you doing any yeah I well I'm not doing any prep for it I'll just be going to watch Sit the ups. movie yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll probably have a pre-match before I go there just to you know get get some of it out of the system um, uh, <laughs> no like I'm I, I must admit, like the Mandalorian has has definitely rekindled my love for Star Wars again. Like it's Same. just literally reinvigorated me. It is, it's just brilliant. And the fact that it's out like every week, yeah. That it, it's for me. It's the thing of not having to like literally get pum- pummeled with it in one go. It's like this. It's like back to the old school time when it was like you waited for a week. You watch the episode. You wait. Like now, it's. I, I feel like I've conditioned myself to binge watch things in like, you know, as short yeah. a time period as possible, and it takes away from the enjoyment of the show. You're really just consuming for the sake of consuming sometimes, and I love the the time and that kind of that that thing of going. Oh, the Mandalorian's on this the, in a couple of days. I get to watch that, you know, and that excitement level is is brought up. And and I tell you what, it is executing perfectly at the moment like every episode has just been brilliant and i love it i love it so much and the the movie i'm not too fussed about watching it like i'm like i'm gonna go watch it like usually i would do midnight showing i'd be buying all the mm. merchandise in the in the cinema and all that kind of stuff this time i'm just we're gonna go see it a couple of days after it's out yeah i'm i'm same i'm almost like not even bothered to go and see it i, I don't exactly if, if i didn't see it i wouldn't bother me at all but I exactly. am going to see it, obviously, just from a completist point of view. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. a itching to see it, and it wouldn't bother me if I didn't see it for six months. Same. Yeah, I feel very similar, but only because of The Mandalorian. Yes. I think it's fascinating to compare any shot from The Mandalorian to any shot in the sort of the glitz of that trailer of the sort of cinematic mm. saga that we've been given. And I just think, yeah, that's not what I want, and this is what I want. There's something about everything, the marketing in The Mandalorian, it just feels almost like it was made in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. There's the, the camera work is very just... With, Spaghetti you know, Western kind of style as well. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And then you look at, I don't know, there's just something about the sheen on those saga films that, I don't know... I find it jarring and it's just a bit disappointing where how that's kind of ended can it up. End, and can it end in a way that makes you happy? No, not really. And I think that's what I figured out. Hence why I'm not that excited about it because there's nothing really they can do that's going to make me yeah. feel like they care. They didn't care enough about it when they wrote... They should have wrote it as one thing, an arc. And I know for a fact... They've just made it up as they've gone along, yeah. and that just feels disrespectful to the to the IP. And I just don't know why they haven't been more careful and, with it. And do we know going I'm forward just not a fan after of the this what the next the next Star Wars movies are? Hiatus. Your your fingers on the pulse. I'm like I don't consume any kind of news media. There is going to be a hiatus, yeah. and then possibly something to do with you know the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. Um, All right, so thousands of years in, in maybe in three or three or three or four years time. Right? I think that's good though. Like I think it needs time. It, it does, and that's the massively. other thing. Like the, having a having a Star Wars movie every year, and then uh, at one point there was a, a six month gap between two of them. It was like I loved Rogue One, and I really enjoyed Solo. 
but I felt like the 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 Force Awakens I really enjoyed when it first came out as well. Like, I don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed that movie. But the Last Jedi kind of I got to the point with it where it was just like I think I'm burnt out, and I don't. I just lost all interest in it in Star Wars as a whole. Like I just it just got to the point where I was like. I think I'm actually burnt out with it right now. I didn't think it would ever happen because I was really excited that all this stuff was coming at me. But The Last Jedi, I think it did a lot to really set me back a few years with Star Wars. And I just thought, well, it needs time to, you know, you need a big gap between these movies to kind of make them more like, like, oh, I want this. I need this in. I need this now. Look, I'm ready for it. And. I just I was not a fan of the Last Jedi I think, at all. I think Disney thought that Star Wars was effectively Teflon, yeah, and they basically gave Ryan Johnson the keys to do whatever he wanted and to write whatever he wanted, just be, uh, because they thought, well, it's Star Wars, everyone will see it and everyone will say it's it's great, and it utterly backfired. Like, yes, it made a lot of money, but it, it destroyed the fandom. And it set it back a couple of years, for sure. Yeah. Are you doing opening day or not? Uh, I've got tickets booked, yeah, for me, Phoenix okay. and Emma to check it out. But it, it's more, it's just a missed opportunity. And I, I'm actually part of the problem. And I, yeah. I think that Disney, when they bought it, they because um, Lucas had a whole treatment for a whole trilogy. And they were like, sorry, dude. We're not interested. We're gonna, you know, we need to lean in to nostalgia, to to rekindle Star Wars and bring it back. And I think I was like, yeah, I want to see Tie Fighters again and Stormtroopers, but actually, that's not creative and that isn't pushing Star Wars forward. And what we've got is effectively a soft reboot. And yeah. I would be fascinated to read. George Lucas's mm. ideas because he's the creator and I'm sure they would have been a lot better. You know what makes me what makes me sad is the fact there's all that kind of brilliant expanded universe stuff that was kind of made non-canon and mm. there, there was some really good stuff like I, I thought cinematic would would work beautifully kind of cinematically you know some really yeah. cool kind of avenues to kind of go down and they went a different direction with it with The Force Awakens but I, at the same time I was happy after that film I was fully satisfied same. really enjoyed it and then it was it, but The Last Jedi, Jedi just kind of like almost kind of like did not pay any respect to what had come before at all no. like there was nothing there and I just and um, you know the Canto bite scene and like the, all that with the, the characters I just don't really care for and also I felt like there was a real drop off in terms of alien creatures where in previous star wars like movies the atmosphere is like it's everywhere you look is like a different species of 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 character and yeah the main cast are mainly humanoid but you've got droids you've got chewy you've got yoda you've got there's many different main characters that are like different and weird and quirky and in this one it's just all human like the whole rebellion is all human and it's like there's no cool quirky going on i think eloasti was the only kind of real interesting rebellion character for me and he's in it for like three seconds so what difference does it make you know and i feel like not having that atmosphere about the, the movie everyone's human i'm like i don't care for these people i want to see star wars i don't want to see 
this kind of diluted version of it, which is what it felt like. I, th- I was very aware for the first time with The Last Jedi that I was like, I'm aware that someone is filming this and these are actors. Yes. And I didn't get that immersion Yeah, that The Mandalorian does Big time. so effortlessly. The Mandalorian feels like an historical document, like it happened, whereas <laughs> yes. there's just something so contrived about these new films and unfortunately I, I i like force awakens a lot less now for it yeah yeah be, because of everything that's but it did leave it in, in a in a place where they could have done something interesting yeah. like they did have to bring star wars back so they did have to lean into nostalgia but yeah the last jedi was i think for me one of the things as well was you know, there's a lot of comedy moments in earlier Star Wars movies, but the comedy moments, especially in Last Jedi, oh, were just so terrible. off base. It was just it was current. It, it was, was like current. Yes, comedy. exactly. And this is this yeah. is supposed to be like completely uh, like apart from our what we understand and what we know. And I think the humor works best in Star Wars when no one realizes it's humor. You know, when none of the characters yeah. realize they're telling a joke or saying something funny or whatever. Yeah. But that whole like they're not prank, zingers. They're not zingers, prank are they? phone call at the beginning yeah, of Last terrible. Jedi. I was but just how like, does oh. that get? How does that get, that get out of the yeah. room? This is what I don't understand. You have got twelve people around a table. How is no one putting their hand up after they've screened that to the executive? How is no one saying, "Guys, that is horrendous"? That line. I just, that's what I thought when I was watching that film. I was like, "This cannot be the best that you can." Us. And how much of no. an asshole did they make Poe? Like he was brilliant in Force Awakens, and then in so Last good. Jedi just turns into an absolute douchebag. They didn't know what to do with him. There was no communication. Anyway, it's, it's, it's anyway. Yeah, it's very well, strange. Um, well, I'm sure we will discuss Episode Nine on uh, a future episode. We might even get you back on, Ben, for a little discussion on Episode Nine. We should do a spoiler. Yeah, do a spoiler chat about um, it. <laughs> it. It might be. Guys, the next day, it, like just be like, it might be amazing. Yeah. It really could, could be. You know, there's no reason why yeah. it might not be. Totally, Pal- Palpatine, you know. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Well, there's not much to move right, on Chief. because it's the end of the show. Um, but we want to thank our special run. guest Ben for coming on um, this 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 deal today. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, it was really, it was so good to be back on the um, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Ben. That. Um, you can pleasure, you can catch us in all the usual places talking underscore joe on twitter talking joe comics on instagram talking joe Grindr. comics at gmail.com and talking joe a gi joe podcast on facebook uh, where how is that facebook group is it a hub of activity and um intellectual chat um, so you can find <laughs> us in all those places uh, where can the fine people uh, if they want to check out you Ben where can they get hold of you well I'm still doing my kind of Ben flying retro Instagram page making my retro videos and stuff that's going quite well so I'm doing that so check me out Good there stuff. and uh, Diagnostic 80 what about you sir Diagnostic 80 on Twitter and Instagram and of course the Full Force podcast on Podbean iTunes Stitcher Facebook Twitter YouTube and Patreon yeah. give us money um, I don't I know, I'm not 100% sure what we're doing next week but you probably couldn't go far wrong if uh, you listen, read along listeners dug out the 1980s G.I. Joe versus Transformers crossover because there's a high likelihood we'll be covering that but because we're doing that we could be doing it yeah just read it anyway just in case but, um, because we're all, doing that with all that said and done we will catch you down the road <laughs> bye see you later guys bye.